All right, folks, welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Van Tatenhove, your host. Man, it's a snowy, gray Sunday, but at least the winds are gone. Seems like the, the immediate fire danger might be gone, too. So today's going to be a real quick little weekend rant. Um, I wanted to talk about the Colorado Open Records request which is what I use to get the um, the separation agreement between the newly elected school board and uh, former superintendent Sheldon Rosencrantz. And this is something when you're a journalist doing accountability journalism, what's called accountability journalism, um, you use a lot. It's one of the tools in your toolbox, but it's also something that's been getting harder and harder to do. As much as the politicians and the powers that be say that things are open and transparent and honest, they usually aren't, at least open and transparent. It's getting harder and harder to do this. And we're going to talk about some new legislation coming up. We're going to talk about the process. We're going to talk about how someone goes about because it's not just journalists that can do this. It's anyone. Any person can do an open records request. And that's that can be a powerful thing. That can be the difference between knowing that, you know, your school district has spent 160 over $160,000 on firing a superintendent that's been doing a good job or not. So it, it, it's a cool, good tool to have in your, your toolbox. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And uh, that's going to be our weekend rant. It's going to be a pretty quick one. Um, real quick, I do want to thank my, my new sponsor, um, which is the Real Mountain Theater and the Historic Park Theater. So movies, I, if you've listened to my weekend rants before, you know that there are times that I will, oftentimes that I'll speak about a movie. Um, that really struck me in a way. And that is um, something I'm going to be doing a lot more of. I'm going to be going to the movies now much more. Um, they're doing a membership program because the biggest holdup for me really was like just the cost to bring me and my my 13-year-old daughter and my eight-year-old granddaughter to the movies with myself and, and just a bag of popcorn and you know slushies for everyone. It was like $65, $70. So there's a new program now happening uh, it's a membership program. And basically for that, that cost of one movie, you get to go to any movie you want. Your kids can go to any movie you, they want throughout the month for one cost. So this is really something that may help save some money in the long run. Um, so we'll, uh, we're going to talk about that more this week. Um, Jenna McGregor, the owner and proprietor of the two theaters in town, is going to be coming on and telling us about this um, membership program and how you can sign up. And then uh, also just some of the cool live events that are coming up. So uh, yeah, check it out when it comes out. And we're going to get to talking about Colorado Open Records Act requests. So the Colorado Open Records Act, or CORA, as we call it in the biz, uh, requires that most public records be available to the public. A public record includes most writings made, maintained, or kept by the Colorado Secretary of State. However, there are some exceptions concerning records made available under CORA. 
Now, anyone can request a public record in the possession of a government office, including the Secretary of State's office. Um, usually, you do it via um, a written or emailed request, and um, either through the state agency. But it's also, keep in mind that um, not all open record requests go through the Secretary of State's office. Um, a person must request records directly from the appropriate government office or the custodian of the records. Other agencies may have different processes for open record requests. So contact the appropriate office ahead of time to review its process. So locally here in Estes Park, that would be um, the town of Estes Park. Generally, that would go through um, the PIO, the public information officer. But there's a difference between, say, um, the records of a law enforcement agency and say the records of the town board. Um, so when I got the, the uh, core request from the school district here in Estes Park, it, that was done through the website of the school district. And um, so it really depends on what you're trying to get and where. And there are oftentimes there are um, very limiting fees that if say you're, Oh, I don't know, a local journalist who, <laughs> who barely lives under the poverty line and, you know, has to put daughters through school and clothe them and more importantly, feed them. They eat a lot. Um, it, it can be, um, it can be, uh, kind of, um, uh, inhibiting. Um, you know, if it's the Denver post just wrote an article on this the other day and they talk about how, you know, if an open records request is quoted at $20,000, are the records they seek truly publicly accessible? Um, and if you want to read this article, it's it's written by Alex Burness, and it was uh, published just yesterday. Um, so, you know, is that is that really? And, and part of the problem is, um, you know, the, the CORA Act um, was, was made to make sure that, um, you know, that people are able to see what their government is doing, but high fees and outdated technology are acting as barriers to that. Um, so do law lax laws give sections of government, the flexibility to quickly delete certain content and broad discretion over redaction. So uh, some state lawmakers, um, both Democratic and Republican are, are working on that to facilitate better public access. Um, so they, they kind of promise, according to this article, they promised to, they get to it in 2020. And that was after the Denver Post investigation found a broad inconsistency upon State Department's email retention policies. And um, then the pandemic hit and everything kind of got sidelined again. Um, so no bill emerged. Um, they did come pretty close this year, uh, when Senator Chris Hansen, a Denver Democrat had been working for a while on a bill he planned to sponsor with Weld County Republican Senator John Cook. Um, and, uh, that's, this was on day 100 of the 120 day legislative session, legislative session. Um, but the bill has been nixed again. Um, so, uh, yeah, Bill Cook is quoted as saying, I went into this process identifying specific issues that we wanted to solve, but each time we dug into one problem, we'd surface additional complications. It really meant that there was a huge amount of back and forth, Hanson said. 
we're trying to find the right balance but when you move a little it can have some really big ripple effects um the bill that he and and um senator john cook had been working on um it uh it was going to require record custodians to provide itemized receipts including the number of hours spent on the requests and descriptions of the the process the work done um eliminate the per page fees for electronic records um it was going to require records to be returned in searchable digital formats when possible um brought the colorado criminal justice records act in line on some fronts with cora um and uh you know the uh the colorado criminal justice records act custodians do not need to provide a response to a request in any set amount of time so i don't know it, it would force the state to convene a work group and set new rules for records retention specifically concerning emails and and to be fair this is a fairly outdated system and i think a lot of agencies use this as an excuse just not to put out information um and each each entity seems to have its own policies on things so with the school district it was pretty straightforward and easy they they knew a lot of eyes were on them i think and and got it to me right away now other times that i've gone down to the city like specifically to request um internal affair records say with captain rose before he um, committed suicide, and and you know we we now know that there was two decades of, um, you know severe domestic abuse, and that spanned across two marriages, and of course everyone at our police department knows nothing about it. At least that's what they're saying. I don't buy that for a second, by the way, not than half a second. If if our law enforcement detectives and investigators had no idea that their captain was endemically beating their wives, then we should seriously consider, you know, firing all of them and, and starting fresh because there's no way. I mean, I, do you buy it? I don't buy it. Um, when I went in to, to, to request um, those internal affair documents, they are supposedly deleted because they're over 10 years old. But how did they know that there were two hits, you know, uh, uh, substantiated hits in his internal affairs record, if if that's not the case? And I think a little bit of light was shed on that. So I've been going through the, um, the Estes Park Citizens Police Academy to, to better acquaint myself on, on how the Estes Park Police Department does everything and, and, you know, familiarize myself with their processes to kind of be able to work better with them. And here's what I want to say. I want to say that I think for the vast majority of our law enforcement here in Estes Park, they are so much better than what we see, you know, like even in Loveland, um, Fort Collins, obviously Aurora, we have a good team. We have a really good team of dedicated law enforcement officials, but there is a curtain of silence that thin blue line. I think that's that's very active. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that Chief Kufield is uh, suddenly resigning after all of this. I think, uh, I just don't believe in coincidence anymore. But what I think we need to do is, is not focus on like digging up the shit from the past. We need to focus on like, how do we just move forward in a better way? How do we move forward that this never happens again and that we have open access to these records? Um, you know, and really what it comes down to with when it comes to the uh, the police department is that 
there is a difference. There's a distinct difference between public records and criminal justice records. Um, you know, and, and that's something that, that the general public generally doesn't know. And that, you know, attorneys hope to, that people are ignorant about, um, the major difference is that the, the criminal justice records are created by like a law enforcement, a criminal justice agency, like our police department. Um, and they have their own, what's called an RMS or a records management system. And, and that's all just been updated. They've been the, um, the gal we have in who is the, um, there, there are two people in our records, police records department. There's Deborah Schaefer, um, who comes from an educational background, not necessarily law enforcement, not necessarily political um, town administration. Um, and then a guy named Mike Welch, who's a retired narcotics officer. And what I found during this that's a bit concerning to me is that, and, and I haven't been able to find a written policy on it. Um, I asked about it. I don't know if there is a written policy when it comes to our town's law enforcement records policy, because basically... Um, how it was explained in class by Deborah Schaefer herself was that um, even if we put in a core request and it's something that um, should be released by the legal definition of the Colorado Open Records Act, they still are taking discretion um, that she will usually bring in a, a super, you know, some sort of um, higher up. Um, she, she mentioned, uh, Acting Captain Rick Life, um, or you know, one of the chiefs, and then they will, and and so usually it's two to three people that will sit down and talk about whether it's good for the town and the town's public interest to release these records. Now, I don't know if that's a good idea to have these people deciding that for themselves, because honestly, it feels a lot like the. Uh, the wolves garden the hen house and there's no community input. It, it It's strictly employees of the law enforcement agency and the supervisors and leadership of the law enforcement agency. And that's it. I think that we need to look at changing that. And we do that by, you know, getting our, the, the right people elected into, um, town trustee positions. That's how we fix that problem. Or we put pressure on the Estes Park Police Department through um, through the town's uh, political body and just reaching out to them directly saying, hey, I, I think this is not a good policy. I, I would like to see more transparency and openness and input from actual community members, not that law enforcement is community members, actually they are, you know, Rick Life's an amazing part of our community and plugs in and, and, you know, he's been out at, at, um, at rallies, activist rallies. He, you know, his, his wife is literally my, my youngest daughter's, um, Winter's favorite teacher ever. She, she had her years ago and still to this day talks about how Miss Life was just such an amazing teacher. These are members of our community, but we need some, out we, we we need a broader view we need to pull out our zoom a little bit and and have people that aren't necessarily in law enforcement um as part of that decision making process because when you get into things like this where you know and and let's face it there hasn't been a lot of accountability journalism really being done in the town of Estes yes in some ways there has been with the town and visit Estes Park and the Trail Gazette newspaper um but I think that that's getting less and less, you know, it, you, you really got to live in a town 
live in the town to really cover that type of stuff in order to know the community. And, you know, our publisher doesn't live in town. Our The lead reporter doesn't live in town. I, I've never actually seen the lead reporter in town. And then when I worked for the newspaper for a year and a half, two years, I, I never saw him one time in town. Not and And you don't see, you know, ask yourself, do you see you know, the, the publisher at the grocery store, Wendy's a different story. Wendy, the publisher or the editor, you know, she's a great community member. She does write for the paper. So, um, you know, you have one person and, and Daniel as well, Daniel's the ad guy. And, you know, he was there at the, um, school board meeting last week. So, you know, I, I, I had some problems with the editorial that was put out by the trail Gazette last week, specifically because it really, went straight to and it was about accountability and transparency and you know the need to 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 report these things and yet they didn't bother to actually show up to other than Daniel but he didn't write the story um to the school board meeting but it it seemed to be that 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 opinion editorial piece really um was trying to foment fear and that if we we don't continue with the way things had been that you know we're going to fall into some sort of tyrannical anarchy. And I don't want to move forward that way. That That's not how I'm at, wired up. I want to look for better solutions moving forward. Because again, I think we got a great town board. Um, you know, I think we've got a great school district. I'm not sure about the new, um, the new people have just been elected in. Uh, I think there's some serious red flags already. But that it still remains to be seen, but I think we got a really good gig going on here in SS park and we're small enough to really make a difference if we just plug in and engage. So really what I want to see is, you know, I want to see more interaction with community members. Um, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's appointing a, a new board or, you know, people volunteering to say, I'd like to be a part of that decision-making process as far as what, you know, what is in the public interest to release when it comes to um, criminal justice um, uh, open records release. And and I think that's important. I think we need to have that. I think we're in a point of history right now where if, you know, history is not going to look kindly upon doing things as Estes Park has done, you know, for decades. I think we're at a dynamic period of time and we got some great things going on. And we just have to really engage and and start like having conversations about things like police records, like, you know, how how open and honest they are. Now, you know, the police can and and this it gets tricky because um, let's talk about the Jacobo Men, uh, Mendoza case. Uh, Covo, as everyone knows, him here in town. Covo owned the Estes Park escape room. Um he had worked in, in several job positions in the community where he um, was specifically in my, in my opinion, um, trying to put himself in positions where he would be around young teenage girls. He had kind of an MO and the the court case is going on and it's going to go on for, for years. Um, But he was busted for attempted kidnapping and a whole bunch of stuff there. Go back and look at my stories in the archive about um, the escape room owner. Um, And and you can find everything I've done. I link to the 
articles in the Trail Gazette. I'll put a link in the the body notes so that you can just get it right from the the article on this podcast. Um, but once he was arrested and turned over, you know, over to jail, and it was turned over to the district attorney, all the court, everything's sealed. So you know, arrest records, uh, body cam footage, nine one one calls, all of those things, while it's in an open court case, are not going to release. And on a bigger court case like that, that can take years. And it does take money to, and, and, you know, if they just decide not to release stuff that that's legally available because their litmus test in the end is it's our decision. And really the deciding factor is, will, could we get sued and will they win? And will they sue us in the first place? Will they have the resources to bring this to court? Now there are different um, organizations in the state of Colorado that, that, uh, do these types of lawsuits and help to fund them. So uh, part of the, what I'm going to be doing is is digging more into those and and trying to make contact with some of those organizations. But I think we just, you know, we're a small town. Why don't we just start talking with the powers that be and saying, we would like to see more transparency and openness, not just talking about it, not just running on the platform of um, openness and accountability, but actually doing it in a way that everyone feels good about, you know, that, that look, you know, we want to protect the, the identities of victims, especially underage victims. And, you know, that's something I'm always very, very cognizant of and try to be aware of to try to, to avoid that. But at the same time, if we have monsters living in our community, we need to know, we need to be prepared. And, you know, in, in the case of Mendoza, it looks as if he may have been grooming some of these girls for, for many years, many, many years. And, um, you know, having access to, to public records like that really helps us as a community realize who those monsters might be amongst us and, and try to safeguard against them. So I just wanted to take the time to kind of just touch on this because it, it can be difficult. Sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes, it, you know, if it's a digital release, you know, it doesn't cost anything. But if it's something they don't want you to have, then it really starts adding up quickly to the point that is prohibitive. And I think that's intentional in, in a lot of times. Um, you know, they say it takes so many, you know, work hours to do it. Well, these these people in the first place are, you know, in part paid by public funds. So if that's something we as a community want to have is actual openness and transparency, then I think we can put some pressure to, to make those changes. And it, this is, this is, again, this is going to be a long game. It's not going to... It's not going to be something that, that we get fixed tomorrow or next week. This is something we're going to have to get the right people elected into the right positions and on the right community boards and volunteering and, and work at. But we're all living here, so we have time. We can do that. We can start working and start talking about and start planning for um, really bringing about some change to accountability and, and transparency. So that's the weekend rant. I, I just wanted to kind of, you know, it's been on my mind for a while and, you know, there, I, I get very frustrated sometimes trying to get records and they're just not there or they're just not, or they more, I get even more frustrated when I know they're there and there's just not access to them, that, that the, the system is not working as the way it was designed. And um, obviously a problem because the, the state legislator has been, legislative body has been working on it. Um, but we're not there yet. We're, we're, we seem to be getting less and less transparent. And, um, you know, we need to, in my opinion, we just need to lay it all out there. 
you know, we need to own our shit and, you know, no one's perfect. So let's, let's just, you know, work towards a better tomorrow and, and own our shit. All right, folks. Well, that's it. I, I, I was so busy reporting stuff. I didn't even make it down to FOCO MX. I'm going to go watch the snow. I'm going to go find a nice movie to watch and just have a nice Sunday dinner with my family. I hope you have a nice relaxing Sunday evening as well. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade. And as always, I'm Jason Van Tatenove. Oh, wait, one quick postscript. Um, Coming up this week, I think I'm going to do a joint podcast with Randy Silkwood, who has the Reframed podcast here in town. He's one of the other podcasters in town. And just we're going to have a talk about the rise of podcasting in Estes Park. And, you know, we have very different shows. Um, but we're both doing podcasting and doing cool stuff. So I thought that might be a good little interview. Um, I'm going to be covering the school board. Uh, I'm going to be ditching, uh, the, at least part of the, um, community police department, because I think there, there's so much going on with the school board and it seems like tomorrow, the, the, the regular school board meeting where people can actually sign up to speak. And if, if you're, if you're not happy with what's been going on with our school board in the last week, well, tomorrow's the time to do it. So go to the, the school district website or look at, um, I want to say it was one of Fridays or Thursdays. One of the podcasts last week, I actually have the link where you can, um, you know, it'll take you to the, the school district website where you need to be aware of what the policies and procedures are for signing up to speak. So check that out. Work the system. If you work it, it might it might work out. Um, so I definitely, I think we're going to see a, a much bigger turnout than your normal school board. We'll see, um, if they don't try to cancel it at the last minute due to the stomach bug that is running rampant in the elementary school. But, um, yeah. And, and just so you know, I'm, I'm, if you missed it, I did release the actual documents that I got from the core request that detail the, um, uh, the separation agreement and exactly how much it's costing us. So you, if you haven't seen that yet, just click on the podcast one down from this. It was released Friday. It was a breaking news podcast I put out, but I do have the documents in the article itself. So, all right, this time I'm really going to go. Again, I'm Jason Van Tatenove. Thank you for listening to the Colorado Switchblade. I'll talk with you soon.